the next guest played in the major leagues for mm-hmm. 15 seasons. He is currently a motivational speaker and serves as the spokesman for the Christian Sports International, a 501c3 faith-based charity in Pittsburgh. And that's Sid Bream. Sid, John Pielli, and Mike Sanfilippo on WCTC. Thanks for having a couple minutes. Johnny and Mike. Um, Sid, first, first, uh, I'd like to talk about life after baseball and, you know, what you're working on, what you do with motivational speaking and stuff like that. Well, I mean, you know, I would just say this, John and Mike, I mean, speaking was not something that I set out to, to be a part of. Um, but I think that the, uh, the platform that was given to me because of the slide back in 1992 kind of give me a, a focus, a purpose, an opportunity. And uh, since, since that time frame, I mean, I've been getting in front of people and it's been rewarding being able to help people. It's been rewarding getting up and, and trying to give people some direction and guidance. But uh, I will just say that it, it wasn't my passion. Uh, but, uh, again, the I think the slide was something that uh, allowed it to happen. Yeah, sometimes things have a way of uh, working themselves out. I mean, you look at that moment, and you, know, you remember, obviously, that game very, very vividly. Uh, you know, it's amazing how, you know... A... I still think Lavalier got the tag in on him. <laughs> Come on! No, 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 let's not get... <laughs> I'm... I'm... Let I, every once in a while, I'll watch that game on YouTube or something. Said, "This is Mike. Uh, uh, nice to have you on." Um, I, and I'm watching the, the replays first from the Atlanta dugout, just peeking around Otis Nixon here a little bit. Man, looked like your foot was up off uh, 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 above the plate when Lavalier got yeah, the tag on you. You, you, <laughs> didn't, you didn't see the shot above. My heel actually came and hit the corner of the base. Before it popped up. Okay, well, I'll give you I mean, that. One. And so, <laughs> if, if if it it came and hit the corner of the base before it popped up, yeah. I agree, it popped up. It was it, 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 it was close. It it would not have been oh, reversed. Absolutely. If they had replay today, it would have. Yeah, been actually, the, yeah, that's what I was going to ask. You said, you know, obviously the the games changed with the instant replay. Now, absolutely. I don't think that call as it stood would have been overturned, but I think at least it would have gotten looked at through instant replay. No, I, I agree times. with you. I, I agree with you two guys wholeheartedly. I mean, and and to me, you'll never ever ever have an opportunity for the excitement that we had that night again in the game of baseball because just the, because of the replay. I I'm mean, a, I'm a Met fan. I, mean, I hated the Pirates. I loved it. And when Francisco Cabrera well, got that hit, wow. Well, good for you because I hated the Mets. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you remember the Braves, that's like inherit. You hate the Mets, you know. Yeah, well, I, when I played with Pittsburgh, I mean, yeah, that was, was the one team. I mean, they uh, when they got out onto the field, you just man, it, it was, they just had an air to them. They had a confidence to them back then. That, oh, you're talking uh, about the Mets of the mid '80s, yeah? Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, joined the club. Uh, they all, everybody did at that time. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, it's, it was it was a fun time back then. But like I said, I mean, you'll never ever have another play like that again. Just because of uh, instant replay, I mean, you you would have come out to jump on somebody. Jim Leland would have thrown the flag, <laughs> and um, and you know you'd have had to stand there and watch until the umpires came back and said yes, safe or out. And, Tell us a little bit so, about man, about playing for Jim Leland. I have never heard one player publicly, at least, say one negative thing about that gentleman. And I just saw a thirty for no, I don't know if it was a thirty for thirty, but ESPN did uh, something on him recently. I watched it. 
Tell us what it is uh, uh, playing for Jim Leland, and how happy were you for him when he finally did get that World Series win with, well, the, uh, I, with the Marlins? You, you're not going to hear one negative peep out of me. I mean, the man, I, I appreciate him as an individual. Uh, I truly appreciate him as a manager. Uh, in my opinion, out of my time in Major League Baseball, he was by far the best manager. He was always a couple steps ahead of all the other managers in his thinking. And, uh, you know, developed a good friendship with him. But, I mean, the one thing that I I constantly said about Jim Leland is, I mean, he would tell you the truth. I mean, and whether it was whether it was something that you wanted to hear or not, uh, he would tell you the truth. And uh, I, I respect a man that tells you the truth, and, and uh, he won't look you in the face and tell you one thing and uh, and then do something else. Hey, once again, John Pielli, Mike Sanfilippo here with Sid Bream, former Major League first baseman, currently a motivational speaker, got to play in two World Series. It, the the list of managers that you've played for, and uh, you know, mm-hmm. I, was, I was I was looking up some stuff before, and it's you know it's pretty interesting. <laughs> you, get, you you played for Tom Lasorda, wow. Chuck Tanner, Jim Leland, Bobby Cox, and Terry Collins. Mm-hmm. Ch- Chuck Tanner's no longer with us, right? Yeah, yeah, unfortunately, he passed, he oh, passed okay. away a couple I, of years ago. But yeah. you, you, had, you had a chance to play for some very good managers in your time. Was there, was there anything in particular that you that you remember learning from each one of them, or did in, in your mind did every did every one of those managers just kind of have their own way of going about things? Each each manor, manager had their own way of going about things. I mean. You know, Bobby Cox was was a manager that uh, basically what he expected out of you was to give it your best every day. I mean, the the only thing that got him out of it, you know, out of his groove is is if he saw you uh, not hustling, he he saw you not uh, sporting the uniform that you were supposed to be sporting. Yeah. Uh, that those are the type, couple things that got Bobby Cox ticked off at you. He allowed us as players to have our own players meetings so that we could hash some things out he didn't have to micromanage and have his thumb on everything um you know tommy lasorda he was a he was a television man um you know obviously great for the los angeles dodgers back then and um terry collins Terry Collins was a micromanager back then. I don't know where he's, what he's like with the New York Mets. I mean, I, I appreciate and I really and truly love uh, Terry Collins as an individual. But back in back in Houston, he was a micromanager and uh, put a lot of pressure on his players. And I, I hope his time in Japan and now up in, in uh, with the New York Mets that uh, he's learned some things. But, uh, you know, good person. No doubt a good person, but... Again, Jim Leland, um, just one of those. I, I I named my third son his middle names after Jim Leland. I mean, that's how much I yeah. I think of Jim Leland. Ah, that's incredible. Now, now as, as you as you uh, you know back back when you first started playing, you know you ended you ended up coming up in the in the Dodgers system. You go through mm-hmm. the minor leagues. You make your major league debut in 1983. Is there anybody that stands out to you? You know, in regards whether it was a fellow player or a coach that you kind of look to as a mentor as you were developing as a as a kid as a as a kid you know growing up you mean like in my teenage years yeah yeah yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, or, or, or I would, even if it was later on, but yeah, yeah, even as early as you can remember. Well, I mean, a lot of people have asked me who was my hero growing up. I mean, and, and you know, I I uh, enjoyed the St. Louis Cardinals because my dad enjoyed the St. Louis Cardinals. Mm-hmm. But uh, in all reality, I mean, the people, the person uh, that I say was my hero was was truly my dad. Um, I just love what I, I love watching him and my uncle play Sandlot baseball. And uh, my dad, as a senior in high school, excuse me, as a senior in high school, I mean, he pitched 46 innings and struck out 98 guys. Um, You know, he had a chance to go and play with the St. Louis Browns, uh, but my father-in-law or my grandfather uh, wouldn't allow him to play on Sundays. And, uh, you know, that took away a little bit of that along with, you know, my dad had a bad knee as well. And uh, but my grandfather didn't want him playing on Sundays and kept him from going to play with the St. Louis Browns. And but I love I love just going down as a as a young boy, a teenage boy, watching my dad play Sandlot baseball and, and watching him pitch and do what, the things that he did. Boy, it sounds like faith was a ver- was very big in your entire family, uh, a very big influence in your family overall, passed down to generations too. Absolutely, I, I had. I mean, the, the legacy that my grandparents uh, spread to my parents, uh, to my uncles, my aunts, uh, you know, sp- spread down to us. I mean, I can't thank them enough for what they did. I mean, faith faith means everything to me. I mean, faith is what gets me going from one day to the next. I mean, knowing, you know, what my Christ, my Savior did for me, and uh, he is, that's the reason that I can get up in the morning and I go to sleep at night. That's terrific. Truthfully, I mean, he gives he gives me peace, and uh, you know that's that's my life. Truthfully, and you and with your motivational speeches, you you now you're passing it down to other younger people, and that, that that's terrific. It really is. I want to ask your opinion on something as you watch the game today, Sid. For the last four or five seasons, baseball's offense was trending down uh, gradually. Mm-hmm. Nothing. Wasn't falling off the cliff, but it's trending down. This year, and I had this uh, discussion with John, uh, our last show. Baseball's power has just taken off. I mean, we're not just seeing prodigious home runs from from Judge and Harper and Stanton and those guys. We're seeing guys hitting bombs all over the place. Now, I heard, I listened to an interview. Uh, Steve Sachs uh, did an interview on Sirius Radio a few days ago, and he said that. He played in a uh, charity game at Yankee Stadium earlier this year, and he's 57 years old now. And he says that he hit a ball uh, up the middle, line drive, and he says, I've never seen a ball jump off my bat in all my years when I was playing. It one-hopped the center field wall. He is thoroughly convinced that there's something going on with the baseballs this year. There's a new manufacturer. Apparently, maybe the balls are wound a little bit tighter Maybe that was the the, uh, the suspicions back in 1987 when the home runs took off again, and the pitchers have been complaining they can't find the laces uh, as well as they used to. So, do you think that there's something going on? Did baseball do something to try to reverse the trend of? Um, I'm not saying they juice the balls, but I don't know the fact that there's a different manufacturer. Do, do you think baseball? You, would you put a pass on to do something to get the offense back in the game? Remember, chicks dig the long ball. Well, I, I mean, and that's that's the biggest thing right there. I mean, they love offense. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, it's I I love this. I love to watch a great pitched ball game. Uh, I didn't love I didn't love to watch it when I was playing. I mean, I wanted to get some hits off of them, but yeah. I loved a great pitched ball game. But uh, but money, you know, offense is what sells a lot of stuff. And um, you know, I'm not going to be able to sit here and say that they've done anything to the baseballs. What I will say is, you know, after so long, I mean, with the the speeds and everything that guys are throwing, you start to get used to that. Yeah. You start to, uh, you know, if, when you're seeing 96, 97, 98 miles an hour, you start to get, to be able to understand what you need to do in order to be able to hit those things at that point in time. And, Squaring and coming up. in at 96, 97, 98 miles an hour as well, you don't have to hit a ball right on the screws in order for it to, to go over the fence anymore. If you're if you're a little bit off here or there because of the the speed of the pitch, you're generating and the balls are generating enough to get it over the fence as well. And these guys that are playing right now, back when we played, uh, you know, we had our strength coach, but at the same time, we didn't have those individuals that were working specifically the muscles yeah. that these guys are working today in order to get them strong and to be able to, to swing the bat the way that they're swinging the bat. The only reason... So, I mean, I'm sorry, go ahead. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I, 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 would just, I would just say this. The only thing... I'm not putting it past that they wound the balls tighter a little bit, but I also think that there's some adjustments that are going on in the game of baseball. They're starting to get used to those speeds. Mm. And at the same time, that the, the, uh, the specific strength training that they're doing with these guys, I mean, it's just allow our quicker and quicker bats. It just seemed like it, uh, the reason why I ask you, and I'll, I'm going to turn it back to John in a second, it just seemed like the home runs, the, the the amount the players are hitting them and how far they're going, the one that Judge hit in Seattle the other night, it was, you know, it broke the stat cast. It just seems like it happened all at once, like an explosion of home runs all yeah. at once, you know. All right, uh, go ahead, John. Hey, so let me ask you. Thanks again. There, now, now, when you. Not a problem. When you when you played in the major leagues, and you know when you played professional ball, and even before, how much weight training would you say that you did over the course of your workout regiment? Well, you know when I first started, I mean, good grief, weight training was almost taboo. Yeah, uh, you know that was something that uh, good grief they didn't want you to do P- pitchers especially. I mean, yeah. they they didn't want pitchers picking up a weight. Uh, you know, and, and little by little, I mean, as, as things have, they've, the research and everything else is going into it. I mean, now, now, uh, you know, weight training is everything. I mean, the plyometrics, the, the quickness, the, the, the weights in order to produce power. And, you know, I, I work with a strength trainer. I work with the, the strength trainers that we, I played on the teams with, uh, and they gave me certain things, but it wasn't like specific stuff like I just told you about relating to the different muscles, you know, for swinging the bat. Uh, it was just, you know, it was just a generic weight training and get your, get your, uh, you know, cardio, cardio the way it was supposed to be and so on and so forth. And, but the, these guys today, I mean, man, their bodies are ripped, ready to go for uh, swinging the baseball bat. Now, so true. Once again, Sid Bream joining the program with John Pielli and Mike Sanfilippo. 
the, I, I just look at the, there's so many different changes in the game from when you played, you know, from the weight training and obviously the technological advantages, the things that are more at our fingertips. Now, if there was one thing you'd see, you'd, you'd, the shifts, you'd, don't forget the shifts. You'd, you'd look at the game and say the biggest difference between the game now and the game that you played, what would it be? Well, I, I I think I mean again I don't think the pitching's that much better, truthfully. Uh, you know I I watch I've been watching quite a few ball games and I see individuals get better pitchers on a no two one two count than I do you know on a three two count and guys are dropping curveballs three two and throwing fastballs over the middle of the plate you know zero and two one and two and uh, you know so I don't think the pitching pitching is any better. Um, you know, if, if I would have to, if I would have to just say anything, I mean, at this point in time, it, it just had to be the strength of the, the ball players. I mean, you know, with their specific weight training and so on and so forth, as I've told you already, I mean, I, um, you know, I, I don't know if you guys ever had seen the documentary fastball. Uh, and if you haven't, I mean, it might, it might uh, open your eyes a little bit. I've been to ballparks. And I watch guys pitch, and I'm sitting and thinking, you know, he's not really throwing any harder than than what we used to face. And 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 up on the board, it's talk, it's showing 96, 97, 98 miles an hour. And I'm thinking that just doesn't seem right. What? But a couple several years ago, two guys here from Carnegie Mellon in Pittsburgh put out a documentary called Fastball. I mean, and now just to make try to shorten this up a little bit. Now they take the radar right out of the pitcher's hand. Back when I was playing, they used to take the radar midway between home home and and the pitcher. So you know that I mean out of the out of a pitcher's hand, I mean that's that's where it's fastest. Just like a gun, I mean out of the muzzle is when when the, the gun's the fast or the bullet's the fastest. So basically, what I want to share with you, I mean, is these guys came up and and and. And challenged the the uh, Heraldus Chapman. I think is throwing 105 miles an hour. That's the fastest yeah. Yeah. pitch to, to as, as such. When they did their their formulas and so on and so forth with Nolan Ryan, Bob Feller, and so on and so forth, they actually came to the place of Nolan Ryan through pitches 108 miles an hour. Bob wow. Feller through through 106 miles an hour. I mean, only because I mean of where they were getting their radar taken. Yeah, where they're getting the radar off of where they're releasing it. Yeah, yeah. And so, and and just let me just share this with you as well. Mike Stanton, he pitched up in New York with the Yankees. Yeah, of course. And he he used to throw fastballs. He used to throw fastballs up there at ninety-four miles an hour. I have a video at home here when we played in a World Series. He threw a fastball. And it registered on the screen. I mean, they they showed it on the on the camera, eighty five miles per hour. Wow. <laughs> so I mean, how could it, how could a guy that pitched for Mike Stanton with the Atlanta Braves, how could he go from eighty five to ninety four in that time frame? I mean, as far as going from the Braves to the Yankees, except the fact that they started taking it out of a hand instead of midway between. You know the pitcher's mound and home plate. Now nah, that that's completely fascinating. I'm actually going to take a take a look at that. Yeah, that sounds documentary. cool. Yeah. Said I really appreciate you having the time. It was great getting a chance to chat with you, and uh, you know, hopefully we could do it again soon. Thanks a lot. Like I said, guys. I mean, I, I apologize to you guys. Nothing to apologize for, Sid. Sid, nothing to apologize. Uh, it was great having you on. I really mean yeah, it. Yeah, a lot of good stuff there. Well, Sid. I, thank you again.
Give me, give me another shot back, and I'd love to come on with you again, okay? All right, I tell you what, at, at the even a World Series, we'll get your take. What's going on? That sounds like a winner to me. I uh, appreciate I, it. Looking forward to it. I right, have a great one again, and thank you very much for coming on, Sid. See you now, guys. Bye-bye. Right. And once again, that was Sid Bream joining us, 15 years in the major leagues. We'll take a quick break and be right back after this. Game over on WCTC.